Hello and welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, hilarious comedian Victor Pacheco. Uh, this is going to be a really great show today that we have this episode because I have one of my really great friends that I met right before the pandemic happened, who actually is a totally hilarious, awesome comic, one of the one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Once you give it up real big for my friend, Mr. Keith Razor. Oh, hey, Victor. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm so excited to do your podcast. I mean, wow. I'm, uh, I'm, it only, you know, we've been friends for three years and it took three years to do the poppycock podcast. Holy Lord. Dude, okay. For the record, I only started having guests on towards like when the end of the pandemic started. So that was like maybe like a year ago. And you're my third guest and my second comedian guest. Did you uh, did you uh, ever ask any females to do the poppycock podcast? <laughs> I don't know. That might seem like 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 battery in this day and age. Like, hey, you yeah. want to do poppycock? Yeah. No, nobody wants to do poppycock unless yeah. this. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody nobody does. It, it's just make sure they're 18, <laughs> dude. I don't. Every yeah. comic that I know is like I don't know. Like it seems now like I don't know. <laughs> A lot of midlife crisis comics, you know, like just starting like super late, like like 50. Yeah. And like I knew this dude that started when he was like 70 or like 60. 68. Marty Ross. No, 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 no. There's like oh. always like like I guess like an old dude in the scene. Like we had a couple, but like ours were like batshit crazy and fun. So like I, I liked ours. I, I did a show the other night and uh, this lady booked this 70 year old guy who's never done comedy or maybe he's done comedy like twice his whole life. He was terrible, man. Like <laughs> Keith, this is another thing about Keith. Um, okay. So <laughs> if you have, he's like, Oh, <laughs> just, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Can this guy like either die on stage or can he just like, let me go on so we could have some action. You know what I mean? Dude, I, I just think it's hilarious because like I, I perform with Keith. I open for Keith. I fucking we we, we co-open. Uh, we've never co-headlined, but we've co-opened uh, or just opened. Nobody calls it co -opened. So a dog goes into the bar. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Keith, I have a question about autism really quick. Is this offensive? Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm autistic or like I fall into the criteria where people uh, when I tell people that I'm autistic, they don't question it. Hmm. I think that's uh, brilliant because whenever <laughs> I tell people, when I... so it was bad. It was no, really bad. <laughs> not at all. Um, because whenever, for the folks at home, I would say ninety percent of my comedy, I talk about having autism, and every single show and everyone I meet, they always ask me do you really have autism? Because like people associate autism with nonverbalness and um, you know, there's different ty types of autism, kind of like cancer. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think that that's kind of cool that no one like asks you, Hey, do you really have autism? You know, like, like they just take your word for it because with me, it's like fucking 20 questions. And I have to show on my fucking PhD or some shit. I don't know. I mean, I was in special ed as a kid, so maybe I like carry those those undertones when people see me, I guess, maybe or I don't know. I have a huge forehead, so maybe right. people aren't <laughs> really questioning that. People are like really really I don't know, like um 
superficial when it comes to looking at you. So you definitely, you definitely have autism because you didn't get my PhD joke. But (laughs) (laughs) dude, I love. But no, I was in special ed too, but I was also in the smart special ed. You know what I mean? Where Wait, what the fuck is smart special ed? Because there's gate gifted and talented education program. Yeah, because, yeah. Were that's you in that one? The, that's called the smart special ed. That's not smart special ed. That's fucking oh. that, that's that's the gifted program. That's yeah, not I'm, special I'm ed. Gifted. Yeah, I, uh, that, that's what they said. I was gifted. Oh, and okay. I was I was the best person in, in the class of three people. <laughs> top of my class. Dude, top 33%, baby. Yeah. Number, number one. No, no, I was number one, man. Like, no, I'm saying yeah. you're top one through 33. And oh. there's another guy who had autism in my class, but he, you know, I, when I was in high school, I was very nonverbal, but this guy was very, very nonverbal. You know what I mean? Like, I at least said, Hi, uh, Mr. Carpenter, who is my teacher's name. I was like, uh, what's up, Mr. Carpenter? This guy just didn't even say hi. You know what I mean? So, and then there was a, a guy in my class who was in a wheelchair. And uh, I don't know if he had cerebral palsy or if he just couldn't walk or whatever, but he was in the class. And he couldn't talk? No, he couldn't talk. Oh, that sucks. Fuck, yeah. man. Because I've had a but you missed people. my joke again. You definitely have autism. Dude, Jesus Christ. I'm like over here like, God damn it. How am I going to fucking break into these comedy related questions? We're all here pouring out our hearts. And I'm just like, yeah, I substitute Todd in a class like that. And I had to take a few anxiety pills while I was on the job. Yeah. You know, thank God that was over seven years ago, though. Right. The thing, <laughs> the thing about comedy. God, you didn't even fucking get my fucking joke. That's why you have fucking autism, asshole. You didn't laugh. Because no, no, years, I got it. Seven but years I know, is a I know, I know statue of limitations. Autism. No, statue of limitations. I met you. Yeah. I caught oh, you right headed. Right. I caught yeah. you. You can't be calling out these autism, autism, autist moments. No, um, no. <laughs> I, 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 I got it. I was just like trying to tell you. Like the thing about comedy, I always say, is comedy <laughs> needs to have truth in it. And if it's truth, then it's real comedy. Like I did a show the other day, and this guy went on stage. He was like 70 years old and he was just talking about gibberish that, you know, did not happen to him whatsoever because I've heard jokes he was doing before from other comedians. So I didn't find him interesting or funny or talented because of that. So I I always say comedy should always have truth. And like so when you do stand up, you should always have a true subject that you talk about, that you write about, that you perform about, regardless if it's funny or not, it will eventually become funny because it's true. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. And like, I I feel like this day and age, like people are so, I don't know, like if they want to be entertained by fantasy, they'll play a video game or they'll go watch a movie or they'll go, I don't know, play like, you know, LARPing or they'll go LARPing or whatever. And um, in my case, it's watch porn. But that's still fantasy. You know what I mean? No, that's but, what I'm saying. That's my fantasy porn. <laughs> Do you ever think about being a, a, a porno star and getting into that field of, of entertainment? You know, I think that would be my dream job only because, like, you know, I'm like fucking and sucking all these chicks and dudes. But like, um, how do you feel about like porn stars transitioning in, in, into comedy like Ron Jeremy? And oh, uh, my God, that is the worst comedian I've ever seen. <laughs> that's so hilarious man i wish this was five years ago so we could be like yeah he has a huge cock right he bagged all those chicks 
But then it's just like now. I, I, now I actually we know, got in trouble for Ron Jeremy because I interviewed Ron Jeremy. And you asked him questions you shouldn't have asked him, and he answered questions he shouldn't have answered. No. Well, what happened was, I mean, this this was a thing in the L.A. Post or something like that. And um, three weeks before he got arrested for, you know, all 800 counts of rape, I uh, interviewed him. Oh, my God. Yeah. But at the time I interviewed him, it was all he hasn't been tried. So technically, from a very technical point of view, he's innocent. Right. So. That was my defense because, yeah, you hear these stories and stuff. And I, I will admit I heard the stories, but also he wasn't tried or anything. So you can't you can't like frown a clown if he hasn't been brown. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying, like that school of thought. But like my school of thought is like because I've talked to victims like and it sucks because like comedies like this fucking beautiful, beautiful goddess that like I got to meet great people like you. You're fucking right. hilarious. You're funny. You're, Keith is actually one of my really good friends, and I'm not just buttering him up. I, I call Keith for comedy advice. And guess what? He's right like 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. And sometimes 11 out of 10 is because then he'll call something that you're not even asking about. So you don't have to ask Keith. So it's like Keith, because he wants to help me. I'm not saying call Keith if you need advice. Oh, I'm yeah. Saying- <laughs> I, I, I only- <laughs> or Keith might send you a very specific question and bring up something very specific that happened because Keith has very photographic memory and can recall incidences that took place exactly to the detail. And it's it's creepy because like I'll say something and then he'll laugh hysterically and be like, (laughs) dude, you're definitely autistic, dude. And I'm just (laughs) just like, dude, fuck you. That that isn't what I meant. But yeah, I I, I am. There's a difference because uh, I mean, I'll go back to the Ron Jeremy story, but I wanted to comment on what you just said. I, t- I take care of you because when I first met you, uh, and I'm actually being very sincere and honest, uh, I fell in love with you immediately. Um, <laughs> Likewise, man. I was like, this guy's cool. In the green uh, room at the San Jose Improv. Was that where it was? Yeah. Uh, um, so <laughs> I, I remember I loved your jokes and I loved your, your heart. I think that's and I think I loved your heart more than your jokes. And I think that's <laughs> and I think that's that's why I, I made an effort to really look out for you. And Keith because has, it, it you reminded know. me in a way of me. Fuck, man. Well, thanks, dude. Like, I yeah. really appreciate you saying that because you're a fucking killer. So it's like, cool. If I remind you of a younger... I'm not a killer. I've never killed anybody in my life. <laughs> I've met a comedy killer. Oh, not- yeah, yeah. I'm not of, not of mood, not, not he goes to comedy yeah, yeah. clubs and kills the mood because there's oh, those, right. there's those yeah. type of self-proclaimed. Ki- I killed it. I killed it. I'm like, you killed yeah, the mood. Yeah. You did not kill it. I was going to say, Victor, <laughs> I'm not a killer. I've never, holy Lord, I've never even heard a fly. But yes, I have killed people in comedy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I go up and I just, I just destroy, because my weapons is my humor. You know what I mean? And I just, boom, 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 boom. I'm like an X-Man on stage. I've, I've got three people to choke on their food during comedy, but nobody's died. So I'm not I'm glad nobody died, but I yeah. have gotten three people to fuck it. And I've gotten two people to fall out of the chairs. My goal whenever I perform <laughs> is to get 
is to get somebody to die. (laughs) You want to kill so hard? You want someone to die? No, no, no. Because then I can live with that. Be like, you know what? I'm so funny. I killed a guy. Or a baby. (laughs) I don't know. Dude, that's horrible. That's horrible. That should be every comedian's goal. Look, like, I don't if even. That's not your goal. Sit down. Don't do comedy okay. because, <laughs> like, seriously. Hey, oh did you hear about Keith Razor? Oh my God, the guy's so funny. He kills audiences. Holy Lord, we should get him on this Zoom show, dude. <laughs> I love that it has to be a Zoom show. No, just any show. No, but there was a comedian out of Texas, some Latino dude. He, he started to go fund me for somebody that had a heart attack and then fucking died at his comedy show. That doesn't count. You have to die at the comedy show. Like he, anyway, he started to go fund me for the guy yeah. and they gave his family like a ton I'm of money. I'm not impressed by his skills. No, he, <laughs> the guy, the guy has to die at the show where the show has to stop and they'll be like, oh, my God, what happened? OK, what happens if he dies at the show and then gets revived at the hospital and then dies? That doesn't count. You have to be dude, dead, no, bro. That, no, that fucking counts. I'm not going to argue with dude, you, but that, no, it doesn't dude, count. I'm, because I'm, you count I'm, back to life, you can be like, holy Lord. Oh, my God. There's a God. And the God told me not to go see Keith Razor again. I, I'm so thankful. <laughs> what? I don't want anyone dying at my shows. I feel, yeah. And that's very selfish because I feel like it, it would fuck with my timing. The, don't get me wrong. I don't, <laughs> want some, I don't want someone to be who I love to die like my wife or girlfriend or friend but if it's just a random guy or girl who's enjoying the show and just dies peacefully laughing like to me that's not a crime that's an honor i don't know in some cases maybe but like the way we're talking about it it's just so heinous yeah uh, i love it because it's so fucking wrong it is it is absolutely <laughs> wrong. I'm not, no, not, I'm not no, 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 no. I think it's hilarious. 100%. I, I, I'm glad I'm glad it got brought up. I'm yeah. glad that we dove deep because it's like, dude, comedy's such a fucking like I said, it's a beautiful, wicked succubus. And I'm yeah. sorry for all the feminists out there. Why does it gotta be a fucking succubus? Because I've never fell in love with a dude. But yeah. I've I've had an impressive lot of dudes during stand-up and it's weird because I was like, wow, I never knew I was going to have to seek the validation of some dude when I was a fucking 36 year old man trying to be a professional working comic full time, you know? Right. And, you know, it's so, uh, back, so back to Ron Jeremy. So I- <laughs> that, that seems forced, Keith. Why would you force a Ron Jeremy story like that? I'm just kidding. I had to just say it. I was just, <laughs> sorry that rape is not funny. Poppycock, no. pop, poppycock podcast does not condone rape or rape culture we here stand to make sure that voices are heard and uh views are expressed and those do not reflect poppycock podcasts don't cancel me or keith don't cancel don't cancel keith either exactly what victor (laughs) said uh um so i interviewed jeremy and at the at the time my manager was his manager so i kind of got forced to do it right <laughs> Again and, with uh, the forcing. Yeah. So I did it, right? And then I was like, oh my God, this is one of the worst interviews I've ever done. And I released it. Then three weeks later, he gets arrested, right? Oh no. And then some motherfucker on Twitter uh finds my interview and he he posts it on, on LA Weekly or LA Post or some type of ma- uh newspaper. Oh, holy he says, shit. 
and it says comedian interviews rapist. And I was like, well, no, technically I interviewed him before he was a rapist because he wasn't charged when I interviewed him. You know what I mean? No, no, I know. But I mean, morally, because he had already couldn't, yeah. he already did the rapes. He already, he, he, like, like, so he's already. Allegedly. He Alleg- wasn't. Uh, allegedly. Yes. But. But I mean, it's that just doesn't like, mean I support the rapes. I, I just interviewed uh, the biggest porn star of all time. That's yeah, and that's that's an achievement because you know I, Ron, I would interview Bill Cosby to talk about uh, comedy, and then my last question would be like, "So we should probably talk about this rape thing." <laughs> Classic Keith, like, okay, well, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> Just <laughs> but no, I think any comedian, like what Cosby did, was wrong. 100%. But he's actually the best comedian in the whole world. So, but what the fuck happened to him that he has to fucking get women unconscious to fucking do what he did? Like, and that was, and, and my theory is he did that. And this is all speculation. This is an allegation, but it's just like, Oh no, he's been proven guilty. He, he's, he's he's. But then he got let out on a technicality, so it's like, what a great yeah. system we have. You know what I mean? It oh no, definitely. But I th- I think it's a power thing because he he. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, you know he's the best comedian of all time for being clean. So that that trophy, as an artist, makes you feel invincible. But then maybe as a person, it makes you feel non-invincible because you can't get ladies or whatever so maybe that's why the power thing but dude like i'll do respect i'm i don't actually i didn't i shouldn't even say all due respect like i'm defending cosby i'm not no no i was gonna say um, (laughs) but cosby i'm just saying i would interview okay okay so not the greatest clean comedy of all time comedian of all time but when i open for um god what's his name from Friday, I am fucking blank. John, 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 John Witherspoon. I fucking, I, dude, there was ladies Nicest there. guy, too. Not, oh, total sweetheart. There was ladies there ready to suck his dick of all ages over yeah. 20, over 25. Like, just ready. Because, like, some people knew him from uh, the Boondocks. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you killed it on the Boondocks. Like, all I know is he just sat, sat in a studio and recorded these lines, and then they matched up the animation. But it's yeah. hilarious. It's really fucking hilarious. And like he's all like, I was like, which episode did you like the best? And of course, the one that was nominated for NAACP award. So mm-hmm. I got I drove him to and from his hotel and he was like really cool. And he was just so transparent and told me like, man, they're not here to see John Witherspoon. They're here to see Pops. Yeah. And I was just like, God damn. And then he's so nice and sweet. And so like and he was so sweet in the car, too. And, you know, did loved- he do the poppycock podcast? <laughs> Unfortunately, I started poppycock during uh, the pandemic. So, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, could have been your first uh, big guest, and now I am. Yeah, I know. Um, all sorry, I have Ty. Is, yeah, sorry, Ty. <laughs> the title is revoked. I'm just kidding. You guys are gonna have to fight it out. I'm really gonna need you guys to fight it out in the view wars because uh, um, yeah. I actually really do love Ty. No, I love Ty too. I'm talking shit because he's my friend. No, and, no, um, but Ty's one of those guys who I'm. I'm very scared of to pissed off, not because of what he does on social media, but because uh, it's kind of like with you, like I, I have a, like Ty really does have a good heart. And um, 
I think I really, I, I love people who have good hearts. I fall in love with people with good hearts too, because they're, they're hard to come by and you can tell who's faking the funk and it's just like over approachy. I don't even right. know if that's the correct phraseology, but like, dude, like people fake the funk so hard. And then when push comes to shove, they're like, not on your side and they don't want to help you or like they're reluctant to give you the compensation that they they offered or any compensation or even a free drink or anything and i'm just like right. anyway you know so it's just like the, the relationships that i have with you and ty are very unique they're very in, in the sense that like oh shit i can't believe guys at your levels are talking to me because like comedy wise i trust the fuck out of both of you and he told me he loves you it was funny oh, i told him like you know during the pre-show i was just like hey keith keith or keith wanted to know why why you hate him those are his exact words because i'm fat and autistic <laughs> that was your answer he's like oh. no i love keith just tell him i love him and then yeah so i was like okay cool. that's why he always uh, leaves me on red whenever i text oh him. god dude sometimes i don't even get left on red i get on unseen where that fucking stupid blue dot is there but it's but but the, but his image isn't right and so that means so you think maybe he blocked on. you yeah no 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 it's like he silenced oh, right. me because like oh, you know right. what i mean like he's like a on grinder or uh he's uh doing a podcast or he's doing his podcast or he's uh writing or he's jokes sucking or whatever a dick, yeah or yeah yeah well that was the grinder reference without saying he's oh, sucking right, right, a dick. Right. yeah 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 you know to not be homophobic no it means i love ty and i you know what's I, funny about i don't know ty? I don't know if I should tell you this on this podcast, but oh, no, um, you can say whatever, because I was about to say something very inflammatory about Ty right now. So yeah, you want to go no, first? Like, or you want me to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Okay, uh, go ahead. Like I, I, uh, I'm a deeply closeted, like very deeply closeted, <laughs> uh, homophobic, like so deep, like, holy, that, that's all I wanted to say. Like, I can't hear you, Victor. I think you muted yourself. Oh, now I could hear. I could hear the sounds of your fingers. Yeah, man. It's just like, no, I don't know what the fuck happened. I didn't even press the cord. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's rewind. Yeah, okay, so. I got. I got something to say. Okay, <laughs> first. Uh, I'm a. I'm a deeply closeted homophobic. Like so deep, so so deep. <laughs> so I wanted to say. You know what? I'm so glad that fucking happened. That hiccup with my fucking microphone because that really needed to happen. Um, that that's actually a, no. I don't no no. That's that, actually a norm joke that he told me. Oh, and uh, oh, hold up a second before we go to my actually let me let me do my inflammatory thing. We'll go to norm really quick because oh no, I want I wanted to say oh, that was Norm's joke, and I I thought that was his fit his best. That joke, and he had an ostrich joke, and I, I, I feel I have the right to say those two jokes now that he's gone. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, you kind of have to live, live that legacy. But, like, I was telling Keith, because Keith, I didn't mention this, because, you know, the thing about Keith, like, uh, we, we, we've been talking now for a little bit, and I haven't mentioned this. I, this isn't even the first thing I mentioned about Keith, but this is a big accomplishment. Keith was a writer for Norm MacDonald Live. Which means he worked with Norm Macdonald. But that doesn't always mean you work with Norm Macdonald when you're a writer for a television show or a podcast right. or um, a radio show or anything like that. But Keith also toured with Norm and Norm was his mentor. 
And that is a very special relationship where it's just like, oh, yeah, I open for so and so and you work with them for a weekend and maybe you have their number and maybe, you know, you exchange texts, but you never work with them again. Well, no, Keith actually had a very close relationship with one of the biggest comedy legends of all time by the name of Norm MacDonald. You know, you know and- when he died, you were one of the first people I actually talked to. I didn't. Really? I talked to you, Jay Moore, and my mom, and I I turned off everyone else's phone calls. So yeah. that I think that should tell you how much I love you. Well, dude, I'm glad that you picked up the call, and I'm glad that. And I told you to I call was me whenever. Like a whore in church. That <laughs> oh my god, it's sweating like a whore in church. Oh, would, right, right. Like a whore in confessional, I think would right. be better. I don't know, but I'm just I'm fucking trying to put. That was one of the saddest days of my life. And I do really do appreciate you being there for me. Dude, I, I was crying too, dude. It was horrible, man. And I didn't even have the relationship with Norm. And it's just like anybody could come out and say whatever the fuck they want, like have their Norm stories. But you've told me things off the record about Norm and like relationships and breakups and, heart, and heartache and how he got over it. And like, you know, with the Julia Roberts story. Oh yeah, I don't think it's ever been made public, and you're smirking because you're just like you. I don't know. If I well, because I also don't know if that's true. Okay, like, but that, if he told so you that story, that's a Norm story because yeah. Norm told you. But then, so of course it's happened. Norm. So, but that's the thing. Up until right now, I don't. Are you going to share the story? Because yeah, yeah. so uh, what happened was I was in love with my best friend at the time named Jordan, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I haven't spoken to Jordan in four years, so she's listening. Hi, I still love you. Anyways, uh, nice. so I talked to Norm, and Norm told me like seven years ago. He's like, "Yeah, when I was on SNL, you know, when uh, I was on a, a Saturday Night Live, I used to date uh, Julia Roberts, man, and I loved her, loved her like uh, I loved her, man." And uh, who knows if that's true or not. So I remember him saying that. And then when I went through my heartbreak, I was like, I was like, hey, Norm, so how did you get over Julia Roberts? And he's like, oh, man, she broke my heart, you know, and she told me she didn't love me back. So what I did was I uh, I watched this movie called Pretty Woman. You ever see this movie called Pretty Woman, Keith? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I had Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. I was like, yeah, he's like. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I used to date Julia Roberts. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. How do you get over it? He's like, well, uh, I watched Pretty Woman and I realized she was a whore. (laughs) Dude, I fucking love that story, man. Dude, I don't know how the fuck you haven't said that on stage. It's so funny. Well, yeah. People love that joke. Like, like, especially at a comedy club. It's just like. Because if you open with that, like that about how you lost your friend Norm and you wish it was you, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin Keith's act. I don't want to ruin the openers. But listen, Keith has a great opener where he pays tribute to Norm. But I'm thinking if you were to go into like talking about Norm stories, like including that Julia Roberts story, like, dude, like that's something that I know people would want to see and hear and talk about because celebrating Norm's life is like fucking awesome because, dude. Like what he did for you was super unique. He didn't do that for everybody. And even if you did that for a hundred people, you know how many fucking comics there are right now? Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? Throughout his no- career, how many comics he's helped? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but you were one of them. You were one of the ones that he helped. 
Uh, Norm, Norm helped as many people as he could, but he only he was very picky on who he would help. He would help people who he saw were talented and were funny. If yeah. you weren't talented and you weren't funny, he wouldn't want to help you. Um, that makes a lot of sense, especially a guy like Norm. You know, he's with all the accolades, all the accomplishments, all the and like he was hilarious. Like, it, yeah. like, dude, he still cracks me up. I watch his Netflix show. Norm Macdonald has a show, and um. It's so fucking funny, like the way he makes the guests like answer these questions. And I'm like, dude, you are just fucking like wired to fucking just to be hilarious. And My it's like favorite one is when he's interviewed Spade and then uh, <laughs> tells, he tells Spade uh, that uh, the camera was off or something. He's like, oh, by the way, can you tell the exact same story just like how you just did it? The camera went off. <laughs> and Spade's like, really? And Norm's like, yeah. So then Spade's like, all right. So he starts, and he's like, oh, I was just kidding. We got it. <laughs> Dude, but, um, yeah, that, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same one because I know he had one that was on Netflix and one that was not on Netflix. I think it was the one on Netflix. Okay, I'm not too sure. I mean, I wrote on both of them. So, you <laughs> That's know. That's cool. I, That's awesome, man. Yeah, I only... If you look at my IMDb, though, I only got credit for like four episodes, which whatever, I'm fine. I mean, there were so many writers on that. And I remember the writing for a podcast and a show. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. And um, when I say that, it was because uh, you, you're competing to get these jokes on on the on the show that Norm didn't pick, the head writer picked, and Norm picked which ones were his favorite from the head writer. So it wasn't about impressing Norm or Adam Oh, Egan. God. That's, about, really? That, that just yeah. sounds such like a pain in the ass because you're writing Norm's voice. Yeah. So it was, about, it was about impressing Sean O'Connor, Scott Blacks, um, Josh Renter, you know. So that's what it was about. And then I, I just – you know, I like I really got along with Sean O'Connor, but Sean O'Connor didn't like my humor. So, I mean, we, we it wasn't like, a hey, we hate each other type of thing. We just he just whatever. I mean, we're actually good friends. We just didn't like whatever. So I understood that. So I think on the podcast, I got maybe four or five jokes on the show. And on the Netflix show, I think I got one. But uh -huh. I submitted so I, I must have submitted a hundred jokes every episode and that just tells you the batting average on how hard it is to write on a talk show on a sitcom show it's probably easier to get jokes on air because you could probably screw around with the scene or whatever but on talk shows especially how norm was doing it like the larry sanders type thing yeah it's very hard oh yeah but he fucking nailed it Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. you fucking dude! That show's hilarious. Like I could go watch it right now and that show will make me laugh. And just the way that Norm handles awkward moments and like making I mean, especially for for that realm of like it's it's a show. It's like a variety show kind of without it being a variety show. It's just them doing a variety of different shit. Right. And like it, and I thought it was funny because, dude, some of those jokes were fucking awful, though, dude at the end yeah. that they were reading. And I don't know if those were purposely, like, just awful, but even Norm would just be, like, try to read them as best he could or keep the best ones for him. And, yeah. like, and, like, they, and, like, it would be the last joke. Like, this is the last one, and it wouldn't hit. They wouldn't even leave with a laugh, and it's like, who gives a fuck? We're done. Like, well, <laughs> it, 
the bad jokes were meant for Adam Egget to prove that Adam Egget wasn't a comedian. So Norm would do the good jokes, the Gus would do the good get, go jokes, and Adam Egget would do the bad jokes, and Norm and the Gus would turn on Adam Egget. That was the purpose of it. Now during the show, <laughs> during the show, it might have changed to you know bad jokes all around. But uh, th- that was so long ago, man. You got to keep in mind, the podcast was in 2014. So we started writing it in 2013. And then the Netflix show, I want to say, was 2017. Jesus I mean, it was Christ. a long time ago. You know what dude, I mean? but not long enough where, like, dude, and he had cancer for 10 years. I watch, I watch that now after him passing and knowing that because, like, I can say this now. I'm really, co- I'm really close with Keith, and Keith told me that Norm wasn't doing too good. He didn't specify what. I didn't even know if he knew, but I just, I, I kept a secret. I didn't say no, nothing. So, but, but I didn't know that he was, you know, that sick, you know, or I thought he was gonna beat it because he's a man's man. And like, even if you're not a man's man, like, dude, I don't know why the fuck that happened. Like, I don't know why it gets defined like that. You know, it's just like, oh, you're gonna beat it. You're gonna, you're, you're, you're either strong or you're not. And it's just like, dude, the, the, the cancer that people have is like so fucking strong. It takes over and it's so fucked up because he's such a comedic fucking genius. Like yeah. he really. And then, dude, it's just so funny that he like, you know, like to me, because like I know how hilarious you are. And that's just so awesome that like for what, however, the, however it happened, you know, I'm glad that it happened, you know, that you were able to link up with Norm and he saw you shine or he heard about you or whatever, because no matter what, at the end of the day. If you weren't being funny, Norm, I think, would have tossed you. Or if your heart wasn't in the right place, he would have tossed you. Oh, 100%. And like I said, you know, Norm was my best friend. He was like my my comedy dad. Uh, You know, you got to keep in mind, dude, it wasn't all roses and flowers, too. There was some it was was a real friendship. There was some there's some drama and there's some name calling and you know norm was a beautiful person but like i said it wasn't it wasn't all roses so i think when his death happened it really hit me hard because it's like i wish we were fighting right now you know what i mean were you guys in a fight when he passed no not at all but that's what i'm saying when he died i wish we were fighting because why (laughs) why would you wish you were fighting no 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 I wish you, we were fighting and not dead. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so I did not understand what the... I did not get that at all. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, well, maybe you, I didn't explain that right. But no, yeah, no, no. So. You you definitely did, though, afterwards. But, like, it, 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 yeah, dude. Oh. Because it was like... Um, yeah, I'd rather be in a fight with you than you'd be dead. Yes. That's yeah, that's that's exactly what you're saying. And I agree with you, dude. Like, that's how I feel about all my dead homies. Yeah. Who, who I fought with because they were my real friends and... You fight with your real friends, Keith. That's how I know we're real friends because we've gotten to fucking fights. I mean, we squash them or we say something to the other where it's just like, hey, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And it's just like, like, it's just like, you know, if you don't fucking, but, but we always keep it real, but sometimes it's a little bit too real and it's just like a little bit too blunt for certain people. But I mean, it's funny. Like for me, I'm just like, nope. I just want to make sure that what, what we're saying is accurate to what I want to be represented right now. And no, so that, definitely. That's how. Uh, that's how I, I feel. About I hate it. to interrupt you, but you said you don't like uh, interruptions on your podcast. But my mom and dad just came home, so they could be like talking about each other's days and stuff. So I just wanted to let the audience know that's my mom and my dad. That's hilarious. 
Yeah. Fuck, I wish you would have kept it a secret until like your mom. Oh, no, because then it would have been like weird. Like, no, it's been, not like, weird. Yeah. Nobody even heard it. People were like listening to this fucking deep ass story about Norm and not. The oh, fucking... right. No, no, no. Back to Norm. Because no, because, dude, like you, you had a good relationship with him. And that's fucking beautiful, man. And like, that's so I mean, somebody of his level and like not to say that, like, you know, because like I know like, fuck, man, it's just so beautiful. Like the opportunities that like happened because you're a stand up that would have never happened if you're just at home or you're just doing your day job. Like because I've had days where I've had where I was the best teacher in the world and I was a substitute teacher and I was the best educator in the world that day. And like I, I killed it, but I'm not gonna get a fucking award for it. I'm not gonna get no recognition for it. Like you, you never got an award for being a best teacher. Never. Oh my god, my friend Alan Lee, he's a teacher, and he always says he gets all these rewards for being the best teacher, which I don't believe him because he's not. When you get in a, when you get an art, here's the thing about teachers: teachers are so caught up about teaching they always have to be right and that's how alan is so like when you get an argument with him there's no winning because he's always right you know what i mean and he's like trying to teach you a moment that you're wrong i feel like he's like more like trying to manipulate you into thinking that you're inferior to him mentally as opposed to winning an argument oh and, no that's probably true too and <laughs> i don't know if that's my asperger's kicking in yeah. like an overdrive i'm like actually <laughs> that, but um that- that's probably true as well. Not to not, not trivialize Asperger's because, like, I can't explain it. And then, like, I've had different psychiatrists say different things. Right. But, um, then, and, and then, actually, to get tested, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I already, I, I'm already, I'm already on. The, <laughs> I already took that yeah. test. I already took that test. Um, yeah. But um, and I, 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 I took I, that test and I failed. So we don't need to retake no. it. <laughs> I just think that, like, it's nothing to be ashamed about because it's no, it's not. Like, nothing to be boomer it's nothing to be ashamed about you know See? i was just no this is a good transition i wasn't even gonna bring this up but fuck it, i'm gonna bring it up i looked at my dog yesterday and I, I fucking broke down because i was thinking about like dude that breed only lives to be like 12 to 14 years mm-hmm. this is gonna be two in december so that means that like you know you got 10 years of happiness well i mean fuck dude or, or maybe not or maybe she develops kidney problems or or, or something horrible like this this lady at the dog park she brings her dog there. She knows every single freaking dog at the dog park. Every, all their names. She knows all their names. And her dog, Bentley, was only eight years old. And he fucking died and, because he had kidney problems and he was diabetic. And it was just horrible. So it, it, I just hate the fact that, like, she had to go through that. And then she goes to the dog park and she doesn't even have any dogs. She's just going there to just hang out. But also, though, too, I didn't know this. She's also looking for clients because I guess she's a dog walker, which is cool because she, like and a dog sitter or dog nanny or whatever. And yeah. so like, dude, I would trust her with my dogs. I'll trust her with my kids. I like her a lot. Like, I would I think- trust her, too. Uh, for the <laughs> folks at home, because Victor said this is on video, I'm moving my laptop. Because I, I don't want my parents to talk. God damn it, Keith. You know what? <laughs> I want to have to fucking put up rules now for these Zooms now. Because these are the, th- these, these are them oh, rules. This is my room. You're getting the VIP. You only can get this tour if you subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> okay, but we want to see you open more than doors if we can subscribe to your OnlyFans. Uh, we want to see you open them butt cheeks. But yeah. uh, I don't. I'm just kidding. All um, right. Next question. <laughs> I, I love how you watch different podcasts that uh, you, you aren't in. That's hilarious. Oh no, you watch the promo. I don't think you watch. I that just podcast. went up on stairs and fuck, man. Your window. That's hard. Keith. 
Well, because I have, like, <laughs> I have like a hurt foot right now. Oh no! So oh I'm, no! That's horrible. Yeah, you're telling me about your hurt foot. That's that's, yeah. that's, that's shitty. Wait, why are you winking like that? It's no, no, I'm not winking. Like, my, yeah, you told me my eyebrows. My eyebrows went. <laughs> I didn't. No, my eyebrows went up and like, oh shit, yeah, that is excruciating pain. Yeah, I have fucking... a huge hurt foot. It's like the size. Like, there's a bubble on my foot. It's like the size of a soccer ball. That's horrible, dude. That's horrible. So when I walk, I'm in major pain. So. Imagine that, and then going upstairs. Since Imagine I'm that, hey, dude. No offense, all due respect, dude. That's 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 a chubby guy thing to be twisted ankles for the people. That's what at I'm home. trying to say. When you're rolling that's- ankle and you look fucking very swollen and yeah. like a fucking burnt Samoan, and then um, carrying a, a laptop, like. Yeah, sorry, sorry, and thank you for bearing with us. You know what's fucked up because, like, when I'm you're like, saying like that, I fucking worked out for your podcast. So no, it, I mean, yeah, it did work out, but I was like, you know what, I was when you were walking because this the camera only picks up the person that's talking, so it wasn't right. picking you up. So it was just like, okay, cool. I'm gonna keep carrying this conversation until it gets to wherever he's getting, and then you're like, for the people at home, and I'm like, god damn it, like I was like, he, I was like, he doesn't know the camera hasn't switched to him because he's not talking, and so like. No, because Zoom's really good about that. Like Zoom, like we'll switch to the active speaker. So like since I was an active speaker, it was just on me the whole time. It's looking like I'm a video hog or mic hog. And like, you know, I'm just talking to I'm like, okay, Keith doesn't know. And I kind of wanted to go like this. Like, right, Keith, like, just don't say anything. But I didn't know how to do that. You need to have a sign because I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I just hold up signs that may or may not be legible. Because like then you're going to be all like fucking with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay keith's only fans is looking fucking great um if you're into that fucking white pastiness oh yeah baby you want to put more patient you hey, want to put more wanna, whiteness wanna, on the you want to see my macaulay Culkin impression yeah all right ready yeah <laughs> why did i say yes um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, For the folks at home, you guys want to see my Macaulay Culkin impression from Home Alone 2? No. (laughs) 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 Why, Keith? Why? Not fucking with you, dude. Uh, That's hilarious. Um, I. um, You know, Daniel Stern was the funniest one in those movies. And everyone said that was because Macaulay Culkin's so cute and stuff. But Daniel Stern. Uh, he was like Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey. And I always say that he was the best comic physical actor at the time. Fuck, because dude. You know, I was competing with Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci killed it in that scene, in that in that role as well. He killed it in that whole montage at the end with the in Home Alone one with the fucking booby traps and shit. Yeah, that, that the, whole the best line in that whole movie is Joe Pesci's like because Macaulay Culkin goes on a treehouse and super slides. Right. And Joe Pesci's like, where'd he go? And Dan Stern's like, maybe he commits suicide. What? Yeah. What the fuck? That was in the movie? That was in the first movie. It was the best joke of the Oh, dude. Movie. Dude, I got to rewatch that. I bet you that movie's fucking heinously hilarious. It's um, one of my faves. Oh, dude. It, it's so funny because those, t- I feel those two were great comedy pair kind of okay. like how spade and farley yeah 
Okay. Oh God, I gotta watch that. And you're right. I never thought of it like that. I, because the last time I saw it, I was young or super stoned, like in college, like you right. know, like like getting drunk and fucked up. So I wasn't really watching it. I was trying to like you know fuck these chicks or whatever. And yeah. um, but um, you could have said fuck these guys. I want to judge you. Okay. Well, then fuck any dude or gal over eighteen. Actually, to be honest with you, over thirty-five. I think that's always been my thing. <laughs> Just you know, like... your your friend hit me up and he said, uh, he he said, here's the questions Victor's gonna ask you on his podcast. And I was like, what is it? He's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, does your mom know you're gay? Okay, Keith. And he said he just wants a yes or no answer. And I was okay. like, oh, well, my mom did see me once. Uh, uh, caught my dad fucking my ass and me screaming harder. So I guess a yes. <laughs> This is where normal podcasts would just cut off, but this is not normal podcasts. Um, Keith, um, <laughs> that's, that's that's horrible. Uh, that's horrendous. That's you shouldn't open with that. You should let the audience like get warmed up a little bit before you slip that one in. But you did. Oh, get I didn't the warm audience. the audience up. No, not right now. I mean, especially right now. No, but I meant. No, <laughs> no, no, you're you're great. I, no, no, no. But 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 if that happened, you need to talk to somebody. Um, but um. No I judgment. I really love you, Victor. I think no judgment. You, I, I <laughs> no think... judgment. No, it was no judgment because no, I've no, no. I was gonna say I think you're a fabulous comedian, and oh, I think, thank you. I think uh, this is just what I think, but I think podcasts should be making people laugh because they're listening to it on their way to work or on their way to the strip club or something. So I think like you have a beautiful thing going on. So thank you for having me. Oh, thanks, man. You want to you want to cut it? You want to cut oh. it? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You made it sound like and that was it, folks. So thanks a lot. That's been my time. I'm Keith oh. Razor, and you can find me at. And I was just like, oh fuck. No, we. we <laughs> I was like, have, we still have thirty minutes before we have to cut it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then you we have got, me till twelve thirty, big dog. Okay. My. <laughs> I was just trying to give you a compliment. Oh no! God bless you. No, that sounded like an ending remarks compliment. I was like, holy shit. No, but no, dude, thanks for calling me a fabulous compliment would be Victor. I just want you to know, thank you for having me on. Dude, I it really was really appreciate you wasting my time for No, no, no. Keith, I gotta tell you the truth though, man. Like I came to watch Keith open for a reality celebrity. I went out of my way. I didn't have a dog sitter, didn't want to leave my dog. Karina Olympias. Any rate, Keith and Keith Keith Victor's a big let's not say a name. I don't remember her name. And I just remember she's reality. And I didn't I mentioned I did not mention Bell was there and he offered to molest me. No, he didn't. He 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 offered to give Keith a fucking time machine ride back to when he was 14. I asked Drake Bell if he would do my podcast. And he's like, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm kind of in some heat right now. And I was like, Oh, well, my sister's 13. He's like, nice. <laughs> that's horrible anyway um i don't know that's funny it's like like what did you talk about the podcast you can put it in the description i'm like oh yeah let's talk about that guy who molested let's just put all the everyone we bill cosby allegedly okay okay fine fine draw jeremy uh let, let's let's put a fuck it let's start talking about fucking uh charlie sheen i'm just kidding uh charlie sheen is probably the best person in the world <laughs> Oh my god. He gave it he, he infected a bunch of people with AIDS. Like, dude. Oh well, that he, makes him a terrible person. Yeah. But, like before that, 
But as a drug addict, though, you share straws with people. And like if he has hepatitis C, you can get hepatitis C sharing straws, too. And oh. so but that's also reckless on whoever's doing lines like, oh, I don't want to be rude and roll up my own bill or have my own tutor. But, you know, it's just the safest thing would be to have everyone have their own tutor. So if anybody has a disease, they just keep it within. I'm just talking about as a recreational drug user. That would be the safest now you're way. Now making me walk back my comment of Charlie Shane being the best. No, 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 no. Don't tough. walk it back. Like, if he's the best person, I was going to ask him, like, like, being able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Like, type of sense. He has tiger blood. Dude, and speaking of that tiger blood that's HIV positive, he started talking about how he's no longer paying this hush money because that's just going to start making him bankrupt or it's making him bankrupt with all the hush money. He's like he's paid like ten million dollars over the past five years. I didn't know that. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Just for the HIV shit. Oh, nothing else. That wasn't no nothing else. This is H.I. You did. You had no relationships with Charlie Sheen. You're not allowed to disclose that in any well, way, shape or form. I, I worked with him for nine years on two and a half men. And I got to tell you, <laughs> that's Keith's opening joke. I'm so glad we we've been at um, it for fucking almost an hour. I was going to say Charlie Sheen's cool because, you know, there's a rumor in like the late 80s, early 90s. He had sex with a different girl every night of the week for a whole year. Jesus Christ. That's why that's 365 or 364, depending what year it was. Dude. That's a lot of sex, man. I heard this guy, he said in the last six months, like this rapper, dude, it was like one of those like Instagram or TikTok stories or whatever, like, you know, those little videos or whatnot. He said he. He was in an interview and he 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 banged over a thousand women in the last six months, and I was just like, dude, why do you have to knock Charlie Sheen down with a rap? Come on, no, because this guy has AIDS too. Oh my uh, god, that's not, that's, he probably got triple super AIDS. Like that's how he got it from Charlie Sheen. I mean, I'm sure that population probably cross contaminated. I mean, mm. not 100 percent sure, but like. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. I do. Okay. So I do have some questions for you since our time is limited. I do want to respect your time, even though I feel we're having a good time. And yeah. I feel like we're Has anyone ever told you you have nice eyes? No. I mean, I'm high as fuck. So thanks for that compliment. Yeah. Um, thanks. I told that um, to Richard Chastler because I didn't have any questions for him. So I'm just trying to kill time. <laughs> fuck you, then. But that's not a real like, compliment. Hey, Chastler, has anyone ever told you you have nice eyes? He's like, I'm gonna tag Chasler. I want to tag Chasler. The description of this show. I'm just oh, gonna. Please don't. My interview dude, with him came out this week, so he's already hitting me up. Like he's like, "You're you gotta promote it more." I'm Richard Chasler. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll plug it again." And plug and plug you go. Um, we'll see if I get more hits than him. Yeah. I, and I'm gonna give him a hit by checking his out. I'm not just gonna take your word for it. Um. So I'll give him that hit. He doesn't have to watch mine with you, but uh, I hope he does. I hope people watch it to be fucking Snoopy because, uh, you, you know, we got these fucking stories and I got I have a question for you, actually. Um, so this isn't really quite well. So first, I'm going to set it up uh, a little bit. Um, so Keith is a really talented comedian and he's gotten the opportunity to tour with some of the best comedians in the world, including Norm MacDonald, who we've spoken about, uh, Jay Moore and uh bob saget and uh, i don't know how deep you want to go into this or if we could cover the whole thing because if we cover the whole thing then it would be like everything we talked about with the with with bob saget and some but the, because the and some is what i'm asking right now 
and we could go further than this and not further than this. I don't know why I'm setting it up like this. I just want you to be comfortable. But um, can you tell me how that weekend was? I mean, when did you open for Bob Saget? And in relation to uh, when he passed away, because that was on the same tour, right? Or Yeah. So, so okay. uh, before I answer this question, do you want to see my impression of Spider-Man? Jesus Christ, Keith. No. No, I don't. But I... <laughs> Keith, Anyways, you need to just okay. say, hey, I'm going to no. show you my impression of Spider-Man. <laughs> so to answer your question. Okay. So I met Saget through norm actually and um so i i i tell you this all the time to always ask for opportunities so i i asked saget if i could open up for him from in oxnard because i was trying to get into oxnard and this was in i want to say july maybe maybe it was june and I asked him to do Oxnard and I knew he had a spot open because his main opener, Mike Young was filming a movie. And I knew that because I read deadline and that's what it said. So I figured there's an opening spot. What's the worst he's going to say? No. Right. That's the worst he's going to say. And I figured if I don't ask him, someone else is going to get this spot. And then you know, and keep in mind, this is a pandemic, you know what I mean? So there's not a lot of shows that I could get on. Fuck. So, and, and, and I, I need, I'm, I have to perform comedy to, to fill. I need to perform at least once a week during a pandemic when before the pandemic, it was seven, eight times a week, once a week, I'm happy with right now because yeah. you know what I, mean? I yeah. feel alive. Um, Absolutely. So I wrote him and I asked him, it was a nice email very professional and i said hey uh the first thing i said in the email was don't be afraid to say no my feelings won't get hurt because i feel people are afraid to say no and i'm a big i'm a big advocate for it's okay to say no because what what does no really mean no means not right now you know what i mean you could change you could always change a no to anything if you ask a girl, hey, you want to have sex? She says no. That to me means not right now. Try when I'm divorced. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh, I didn't know she's married in this situation. Not, but you know, I'm interested. I mean, no, I'm no, no. Joke, that, but I'm no, no. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. No, no <laughs> means not right now. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> it doesn't mean never. People think no means never, and that's not true. Never means never. Never means never. Absolutely. Um, right. But I mean, I got like- a story about Brian Callen, which I'll share later. But uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I I wrote Saget, and Saget said yes. Do do Oxnard, and uh, if you want, you could do other dates of the tour too. Uh, but I was like, great. So I, I booked it in my, you know, I went on his calendar. And I booked all those shows, saying, hey, Saget said I could do all this because I'm a clip, right? So then a week later, Saget emails me and he says, hey, Mary Lynn Rice Cup just hit me up and she's an old friend of mine and she's not getting a lot of work. So I'm going to have you do the the early shows, her do the late shows. 
and whoever does better this weekend, I'll, I'll take on the tour because Sagan only liked two comics on the tour, uh, the feature and himself. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I did the, the shows with Sagan at Oxnard and I killed it. Sagan loved me. And he said, so I'm going to let you do San Jose and Ontario and Sacramento. And I'll let Mary Lynn do the other dates since, you know, she's an actual bigger name. Like he was honest about it. He was like, since she's a bigger name, she could help sell tickets to places I can't really sell that well. I said, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll just do California and Arizona, just whatever, you know, Mary, uh, I'm not going to fight. Uh, you're the boss. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not going to fucking whatever you got. I'm grateful to take. And then something happened with my dad, like a week later where he got glass in his eye and he had to go to surgery and they removed his eye and they removed the four pieces of glass. Oh shit. So, and at the time, my mom was on a business trip. So she was gone for about uh, three months. And my sisters don't live at home anymore. So I couldn't do the, these road gigs with Saget because I had to take care of my dad. So I told Saget, and I, I thought maybe part of me, Saget thought, maybe I was just fucking with him because I didn't want to do the shows because I, like that's pretty detailed thing you know yeah but he didn't judge me for that he just said okay i i understand but i i had a feeling maybe that's what he thought i'm not saying that's what he thought i just had a feeling that's what he thought but he was very he was very um compassionate about that and he said no worries we'll do it next year or next time something opens up i was like cool then the following week norm died and I'm like, oh, this is just terrible. My dad has a, no eye. You know, I don't have any friends right now. And Saget, Saget called me and texted me once a week until January just to check in to see how I was doing. And we never talked about working together again. We just talked about comedy how we're doing how are we at peace norm story stuff like that because saga really loved norm too they were they were really really close until saga died and then when saga died that just that just like really blindsided me because uh it was like wait what you know what i mean like I, I was he he's starting to become my uncle Bob Sag, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh god. It, that was dude, okay, so I was getting none of those opportunities and that was a kick in the balls for me as a fan of Bob Saget. I mean, like I, I never like I saw his comedy as like a kid and I'm just thinking, "Oh dude, that's funny. He's so dirty." But I swear I can't recite a Bob Saget joke. Not to be an asshole, but I can make I can tell you the way he made me feel as a kid watching him, like there's hope and like he, he was a good dad and like, you know, it was just like a good like, oh, cool. It's fucking TGIF and I'm a little fucking kid and it's ABC family night and I'm watching that and Urkel and uh, uh, step by step. And I forgot the other Sabrina, the teenage witch or whatever. Right. Or, yeah. or, and it's just like we're, you're watching all that stuff and it's like 
like the way Danny Tanner made you feel the way Bob Saget, like, you know, made that character come alive was just like, dude, we all lost an uncle, man. Like we really and, did. And like it, it, the and fact that you were getting I never close, saw an episode of Full House. Like that, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Dude, no, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm just saying that. Listen, I knew Bob I'm, Saget from Dirty from, Work. No, from America's Funniest Videos. Oh, I knew him from there too. Jesus Christ, how how so, could I just skate over that? Um, but and speaking of dirty work, uh, Fred Wolf, Norm, me, Sean O'Connor, Stevie Ray Fromstring, and Saget, uh, we were writing a sequel. And when you write a sequel, you, like I wrote my own script of it, and I sent it to Wolf. And Wolf said that was good. And then Wolf sent hit, wrote his own. So, like, we kind of one script and another script and so-so. Yeah. So, I don't know what was the final script wow. of that. But there, but there was a sequel <laughs> in the works. Yeah. It's like so, saying, hey, I know a chick. Like, she t- she's really hot. And she, 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 likes, she likes dudes like you. She likes funny guys. And she'll totally blow you. But, uh. She just well, fucking when Norm died. died. When Norm died, I told Saget we should still make it to honor him. And uh, Saget said something funny. He's like, "All right, we'll lose lose weight and uh, grow an afro, and you could be Mitch, who is Norm's character in it." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I could make him proud." Dude, you would catch so you would have caught so much heat for that. And um, you, you, <laughs> fuck, I wish that would get the in green light. Um, in the sense that, like, you know, where there's these, like, there's this, like, Robin Williams impersonator. Yeah, he got. Yeah, I saw that. He was very good. Oh, he was. Well, there was like a lot of like, like, how dare you steal this man's act? And you're an asshole, and you're not even whatever the fuck. I don't know if he made a. I don't know if he made it right, but people were calling him out about. I, stealing I remember his act. that they they it was like an eight minute short. And uh, it was about when Jim Belushi died. I thought he did a fa- fabulous job. If people were calling him out, it's because Robin Williams' death is one that probably still haunts me too. Because his his uh, his humor and comedy was so it was a different level. It was about. If you watch his movies, his movies were not like a stand-up. His stand-up was very dirty and dark and stolen, whereas his movies were very... <laughs> Thank you. Um, where his movies were very uh, hopeful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say hopeful. Over. I think in all his movies... Or feel good. Feel good. Yeah, there might be some suspense. Obviously, you need to have some type of uh, problem, or they need to solve a problem, solve something. And it's just, yeah, dude. But like, but stolen, and people don't like talking about Robin Williams stealing jokes, especially me. That's from the Bay Area, and he came up in the Bay, and you know, he's part of the whole of the, the Holy City Zoo, and that is an institute, you know, of uh, people. They they celebrate. Uh, I did not celebrate. They coordinate a lot of shows still to this day. A lot of big shows like Comedy Day, run by Debbie Durst, and um, yeah, yeah, man. So um, there's a lot of things that happen in the in the Bay Area that um, are still you know 
ha- control power from back in the day. And then now people are starting their own little um, independent shows that hope to blossom into really successful little independent shows. But, you know, everyone's really trying hard right now to sell tickets. And it's really hard because even if you have a big name, people still don't want to go out because it's fucking <laughs> it's the pandemic. And are, are they going to wear masks or are they going to make us wear masks or they better be wearing masks or we're going to wear a mask. And it's just like. And Dude. like I, like I told you before, I think that that's gonna. I think that's gonna stay how that how it is right now for at least three years, because. Dude, the, I've been to some shows. I'm not gonna say where, but within the past six months, that have been raw dog as fuck. Really? Like, yeah, dude. Like, dude. I'm talking like everywhere. Okay. Not, oh, not oh, just, oh, 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 okay. Just, not every. I'm not gonna say where. But yeah. if you would have done these shows that I did, I'm not gonna. I'll tell you off the record later. But well, um, I, I want to do raw dog, dude. These raw dog shows, like, dude, raw like, dogs I, are fun. Have you ever like raw dog a girl? Yeah, absolutely. I'm married. Um, oh right, right, right. yeah. But that's so, what I'm saying. Raw yeah. dogging is fun. Yeah, it's you, great. Oh no, I meant raw dogging. No one's wearing a fucking mask. That, uh, that oh right, I knew that. So <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, Keith, I have these shows where every chick wants to have sex without a condom. I was gonna and say, hey. I'm gonna hook you up. No, Keith, I tell you what the fuck the show hooks up. But like, if it were to be like ladies like that, I wouldn't have just deliberately said it like that. But definitely, I don't know any shows that hook up ladies. Stop with your finger guns. Oh, <laughs> Spider Man for the superhero fans. Okay. Well then, yeah, we'll start speaking so the camera goes to you. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you some more questions, man. Um, Let's go. Okay, uh, because I got some questions. You're a great interviewer, though. So, oh, thank uh, you, thank so you. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud of you. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I'm trying my best, and I feel like I fumbled a little bit, but who doesn't? I'm still learning, and um, I'm I'm trying to get comfortable trying to. But thank you for that compliment. You should um, never be scared to fumble. I wasn't scared as much as like, oh shit, I'm gonna listen to this and learn. But like, you I know, think if you <laughs> listen to this, you'll see you're actually very good, and you you got a good talent. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I appreciate it, dude. That means a lot to me. And I'm going to continue making these. And of course, I have you back and we'll talk about other stuff because, dude, <laughs> you should get Richard Chasler. Dude, I'll look into that uh, later. He has um, pretty eyes. Jesus Christ. It sounds like I'm going to have a great interview. Um, <laughs> You fucking <laughs> prick. Yeah. OK. And I want to get that fucking guy. Also, for the record, this is my fucking podcast. Um, Guess what? I-, I did a podcast with Keith one time with some fucking uh, self-proclaimed motivational speaker that apparently hustles people out of money to speak and give his fucking lessons of the gospel. And I stumped his ass. Me. I stumped his ass and I asked him some very fucked up questions you're not supposed to answer as a professional that's a public figure. And he answered those questions. And as a result, he told Keith that he didn't want him to upload the episode and so that made me feel like keith was like apologetic to me but very pissed off but very sorry i didn't mean to waste your time and that fucking piece of shit wasted my time and i was like keith i I had fun so don't worry about it just just drop it with drop it with me and then you did did great on that and then keith but dude i did too good I exposed a charlatan. I exposed yeah. a false truth teller. I, you try to stump me. I try to stump you. It, it's going to be hard. You know what I mean? Like eventually, maybe a little bit stumpy, stumpy, but not stomped. 
You know yeah, what I you, mean? But like, you, it, you it's going to take a while, you know? <laughs> I, I remember I was pissed off because he begged me to do my podcast. And I finally said yes. And then I, I begged you to do it because you didn't know. Alan didn't want to do it. And I, I needed a sidekick on this one because. Oh, and I didn't want to do it either because I didn't know who the fuck he is. And then I researched him <laughs> and, and I, I got I got you. me questions and I, and I put them together. And I wanted to, you know, get this out of him because, like, I asked him some very specific questions because I, as a substitute teacher, which I'll say here for the record, because I don't think I've mentioned this before, but, like, I asked this so-called motivational speaker, and I have to say so-called because the way he answered these questions and deflected and didn't answer my questions because I asked him, you know, what do you do as the adult in the classroom, whether you're the substitute teacher or motivational speaker, and, you know, you're, you're trying to motivate these kids or trying to get them engaged in learning. And one of the kids calls you gay. What do you do? Oh, no, no. They tell you that reading's gay because that's actually exactly what happened. And that's what I told him. I was like, what do you do when a student tells you that reading's gay? And if you read, you're gay. And that stumped the fuck out of him. Actually, that stumped the fuck out of me. I didn't recall it correctly the first time I'm like. Oh, no, no, no. That's how it went because right. fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he that's it. But but that really did happen. And I stumped and him because he couldn't answer that question fucking thoroughly or I like effectively his answer. His answer said, well, make sure you suck a dick of someone who's reading. Then you're really gay. <laughs> For the record, that's not what he said. But oh, he was right. he, Keith is giving him too much credit because at least Keith wasn't being a babbling, stammering asshole in that response. He was just being a silly Billy silly goose and you know that's pretty fucking funny to me because you know we, we like to have fun here at poppycock podcast and so poppycock uh, but poppycock like that's nothing but poppycock and rubbish you know it's but i'm saying poppycock like the cock of a poppy or a big daddy like me and so yeah. that's that's the joke but it's just like i don't give a fuck i got the joke oh nice but like i hope people don't think that's how you spell poppycock but i spell i incorrectly spell it poppycock you but, spell uh, po poppy choke. Pop? No, I don't. Whoever fucking okay. So Keith got me on Keith Keith's podcast. Got me on um, IMDb, but unfortunately, whoever fucking it. whoever fucking put my name in there misspelled it, and it definitely wasn't me because I spell my name all the fucking time. I've been spelling it since I was like four or five years old, possibly three, but I definitely four. So yeah, we, we, we do got to figure that out. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, how much time do we really have? Because we're going to cut it short. Do you got it till 50, not 55? Because we, you don't really need that much time to prep and you know, she's going to be late. We got till 55, right? 45. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, okay. So I do think that I think my manager put the show on IMDb because they're now accepting podcasts and not to brag, but Razor Riffs is a, is a podcast that has a good amount of listener. You got to keep in mind, when I started Razor Riffs, I started it right before the peak of everybody having a podcast. Holy shit. So when I was doing podcasting, when I started it, there was maybe 500 podcasts. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. And and ever 
now there's like i don't know like three million like i know i I personally know 500 people with 500 podcasts i'm sorry my bad i know 500 people with at least a thousand podcasts these those motherfuckers have five podcasts and i'm just like dude that is so i so yeah so (laughs) i i i that's one of the things i'm actually very proud of and when you mentioned fumbling dude i i i fumble on my own podcast all the time and it gets to me but uh, <laughs> yeah but then it's but it's dude it, it gives a human component to it in that like you know we're not flawless and and you know this is this is unedited all in one takes you know it's no, just like like no no that, no i mean that's to the, why the, i think fumbling it it's like a football game yeah if it fumbles it fucking sucks but you gotta figure it out you know yeah. what i mean you got to deal with the next play or try yeah. to or try to yeah. recover that fumble or, you know, whether that plays over or not, you got to decide or, you know, and I think I think you you do a good job being a quarterback. And, and oh, thanks, man. It's just like I also though too you make it easy because it's like I'm comfortable and it's just like talking to you and, and, and ask like specific- if I was Steven Weber, you'd probably have a hard time. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, because you- 19 minutes. Okay, actually, that's that's almost accurate. Um, <laughs> it's like twenty three or twenty two uh, and change. But okay, the yes. The point is, we do got to figure out how to get your name spelled because I think my manager sent it in, and I think when they uh, listen to, I think you misspelled it on an episode, and then they re-misspelled I, yeah. it. I, I think, think that's, that's what, what happened. happened. So it wasn't yeah, like their fumble. So I think you need to go back and go to your website and edit it and just fucking respell it. Right. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. I'll figure it out myself. Big Daddy Vic will send you the links and yeah. be like, hey, these are the ones where my name's misspelled. And uh, <laughs> it's super easy. No, I can but, do it. No problem. You're, like, you're absolutely right. That's probably what happened. Yeah. So it's just, no, no, no. Because like, uh, and no, because I was well, thinking I like, apologize. how the, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not pissed. And also, again, that's why I'm easy to work with. I have no fucking ego, like at all. But yeah. I, I, I like the only things that like you know anybody's ever said about me that are, that that is true. That is not a rumor. It's just like you know I will call out a shady producer, right. and uh, that is within my right because like as a as a fucking contract employee who's getting either money under the table or you're paying me a check or whatever the fuck you're doing, whatever your practice is, you know if you promise me a certain price and you don't give it to me, I'm going to tell you why I think that's wrong. Right. And so I, I think, um, you know, because I'll, I, I'll get someone <laughs> to fix it, Victor. It's on my to do list. No, no, everything's already fixed and and some. So it's just All right, like, then I won't worry about it. No, don't. I never wanted you to worry about it. OK, so let me ask you a couple of questions before you get out of here, because you said you got 20 minutes right now from right now. And uh, but dude, I, I, I this is fucking fun. And um, I, I want to ask this is fun. Questions. This is probably going to be better than my damn podcast. No, it's not because we're going to have fun. And in those 15 minutes, I'm going to I'm actually going to hang up with you and I'm going to fucking come back on right, right, like two minutes before. And I'm going to have my questions and I'm not even going to read them to you, but I'm going to have at least like six questions that are really good. And you're going to like it. Stop it. Stop this is my it with impression your impression of shaving. Dude, I know. I saw it. Thank ah! you. Ah! <laughs> you and Macaulay Culkin. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I mean, I can only imagine Keith being like, you know, uh, a, a cute little white kid watching that being like, that could be me one day. And I'm watching that and being like, fuck, I wish I was white or cute. But uh- <laughs> I, auditioned, I auditioned for this movie called Dennis the Menace. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. 
Oh and, uh, my god! Thank God you didn't get it because you would have fucking been a child actor and fucking died by now. So thank I God. I wanted to get it, man. I want and you I, know what though. In reality, I would, though, I I wanted I was you to in get the it top too. But one hundred, dude. And, oh, and that that was like a big accomplishment. Yeah, that it, is, dude. How many people auditioned. applied for that movie? Like fucking like two thousand or more. Yeah, I think it was like ten thousand people. Jesus Christ. And uh, that's impressive, man. I remember I went to like four of them, like four different audition takes. And I was like four or five at the time. Jesus. So I didn't make it further because I, I had the blonde hair and I had the crooked teeth, but I was a little overweight and I was very nonverbal too. So when I was acting, when I was auditioning, I would very be monotone with my words uh when i did it but i think what kept me in the game was i looked exactly like it you know what i mean yeah like you were what they envisioned yeah like but visually. i didn't have i didn't have the speaking abilities of the quick annoyance oh uh, so, uh, oh oh or maybe the high pitch inflections or whatnot yeah and uh and Jesus I watched Christ. I watched that movie recently, a uh-huh. couple weeks ago, actually. And I oh, thought God. that that kid did a shitty job. <laughs> Dude, I okay, I only watched that movie as a kid for the record. I have no connection to the movie like that whatsoever. It's actually but, a very funny movie, but the oh, kid did a shitty what, job. Dude, and then he goes to that like fucking like homeless thing with a can of beans and shit, right? Is that yeah, he fucks yeah. up Christopher Lloyd, which I think was but that was only funny because of Christopher Lloyd. Again, yeah. I, I I remember that's the only thing I remember. I don't remember if he had a clubhouse, and I think that's the Little Rascals actually. But yeah. uh, what's it called? Um, you know, and that's what's fucked up sometimes with comedy. Like sometimes the person who has the best set has the most pop references, and I'm like, shut the fuck up and tell a story, you piece of shit. You yeah. product, you product placement, fuck walking commercial. At any rate. Um, well, let's go to your questions. Question okay. time. Okay, question time. Because I have this a will be questions. called the Poppycock 30-second <laughs> question answer. Okay. Um, what's it called? Okay, so... Okay, um, this is a question that, I, that I've asked before to other people, and I want to ask you, okay? So when you start comedy, you know, you do the open mics, you do three to five minutes. And like, so you work really hard to try to get that three to five minutes good. Then you try to write other three to five minute sets and then you get invited to do like, you know, showcases, whether, you know, it's merit because you're good or the bringer shows because they're trying to do these predatory business practices on you or whatever. And so, you know, that uh, three to five minute set turns into seven minute sets, turns into eight minute set, turns into 10 minute set, turns into a 12 minute set. Um and then, you know, 15 minute sets, 20 minute sets, 25 minute sets, 30 minute sets, 45 minute sets, 60 minute sets. I have a question. How do you write a headliner set? Wow. Um, so. How I've been doing comedy for 17 years, so I think like the time. It takes is the more time you perform, having said that. In 17 years, I truly only feel I am working on a new hour right now, but I would say I only have 15 minutes of that new hour. Mm-hmm. So if I'm being honest with you, I would say I only have if I put all my material together, I only have 70 minutes. Now, when a comic usually says how much time they have, that's usually half that. 
So realistically, if I wasn't doing comedy for so long, my 70 minutes, I would only have a half hour, right? Yeah, or 35 if you want to be a prick about it. But yeah. yeah, but I have a half hour special and I have an hour special. And in my mind, I feel I have a very good hour, but I'm working on that new uh, 10 minutes and what I, uh, the new hour. And what, the reason why I think my hour special is so good is because that's all my material that I had from when during the time yeah with this one i'm it's a lot harder because of pandemic and less shows and you know i'm not getting you know i'm not touring with amazing comics right now but so i have a lot to learn so i'm kind of learning it as i go without any help which to me i'm scared of because now i'm scared is it going to be just as good or is it just going to be an hour that i'm not proud of which i don't want i want it to be what i'm proud of Absolutely. So you can so, release it, promote it, and just stand by your work like a fucking yeah. proud artist. And yeah, I feel that. And it's just like, but dude, that means you care, which means that it's going to come out good because you so want to stand hope, behind it. I'm hoping it doesn't take me 17 years, though. I'm hoping it takes me three years. The rest of this year, hopefully next year, it'll be more raw dog and shows. You mm-hmm. know, and, Oh yeah. well, well. So to write a headliner set, are you pretty much stitching together fifteen-minute sets? No, I'm I'm putting it together three minutes at a time because that's how I I started. So I would write, uh, I write three minutes and then I perform it and I polish it till I'm happy with those three minutes and then I move on and I connect it like a word puzzle. That's awesome. Yeah, but keep in mind, I don't do open mics, so that's where my weakness is. And there's nothing wrong against open mics. I mean, I why just... don't you do open mics? And I'll tell you why I don't do open mics after you say it. But I do do some open mics, so I'm a fucking hypocrite. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but why don't you do open mics? I'll tell you why I don't do a lot of open mics. Which well, is, that's that's an accurate statement. This is going to make me sound like a, a fucking dick, but I don't do open mics because I'm not an open micer. I'm a professional comic. No, you are a professional comic, but like. But I don't do open mics because I have no reason to practice my jokes in front of other comedians where I need to practice in front of audiences. Okay, what about what about an open mic that has an audience? Would you be down to do that? Like I I do do that, like at the rec room or at the improv or something. I don't like doing so. I, so I, so then you do do some open mics. They're just yeah, selective that, open mics. Yeah, but it's not on top of my food chain. That's no, I, I okay, Keith. I wasn't talking about top of your food chain. I was just talking about as a general comedy question. Like, yeah. sometimes you're not on show. Sometimes you're really like, dude, I got this new bit. I want. I got to say it right now. Well, uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to answer your question. So oh no, I absolutely. Do, sorry, <laughs> I wasn't so trying to overstep. When I'm when I'm, try, when I'm doing shows. Yeah. Uh, if they say, Hey, you have 10 minutes, I'll say, okay, I'll do five minutes of gold and then I'll do the five minutes I'm writing. So I could get a feel for that. Or, Hey, I love it when they give me the, the 20 minute spots, because then I could say, Hey, I'll do five minutes of gold, make them already love me. And then I'll do the 15 minutes that I'm working on. Fuck. Or, you know, yeah. Those he- are great he- spots. Headline- headlining is very hard. Because when I get booked the headline, I have to do good. So I don't, I'll do out of my 
hour, I'll probably do 45 minutes of, of the good stuff. And then I'll do the 15 minutes I'm working on. But I like the short sets when I'm writing on something new because then I can polish it. Where headlining, I have to worry about being funnier than everyone on the show because I'm the headliner. So I can't worry about the new stuff I'm writing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you, so there's no new material while you're headlining or there is possibly depending on how you're feeling in the mood? When I'm, headline, when I'm headlining, there's the 15 minutes that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. But no, there's not new material. When I'm featuring, there's new material. When I'm host, when I'm hosting, there's new material. But yeah, so that's how I take it. I take it three minutes at a time. And like I said, right now, I only have another half hour written. And out of that, 15 minutes is working. So I got to really hit the stages and really. And also, it's about rewriting. You know, I feel comics feel uh, writing writing is rewriting so i feel if you write a joke that you've been doing for a while you could always rewrite that to a different dynamic and it will be a new joke yeah man that's dude that's fucking i saw i'm like reacting out loud i should have internalized i was like holy shit that Uh, was yeah and you probably thought he's full shit no 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 i said holy shit like i'm like like this is this is great this is no no that shit is pure gold then you're the golden goose with a shitty shit that's made out of gold if that's if that is shit Um, i also i also write in a weird way where this is actually something norm taught me I write the punchline first and then I write to the setup where I would say 99% of comics write setup first, then punchline. Wow. Um, that is sometimes punch, dude. Sometimes when you think of jokes, sometimes the premises come up first, but sometimes the punchline is what you think of first. And then you have to turn that into a story or turn that into a fucking one liner or turn that, add that into something you already have. Like, Oh, that would fit perfectly right here in this part of my set or this part of my act, this part of this bit, this part of this story, whatever, you know, and it's just, you you just put it, you just sprinkle it in. And so that's, what's beautiful about comedy. Like uh, you could just add things in last minute that work. Sometimes it don't work, but like you have faith that they will. But um, the about- other the other thing is like when you write with other comics, everyone tries to. I mean, I've done this with you where I'll, I'll give you a tag or something. I'll say you should do this. But when I'm when I'm doing it, I I do that too. This is what I would do because I think it would work for me. And when I do it for you, it doesn't necessarily. Well, I know it will work you it'll just work with me so if you try it it should work for you where there's no evidence that it will work for you you know okay absolutely but like here's like a different example one of my clean comedy friends told me how long has he been sober (laughs) he does he does christian comedy so he's a clean comic but i i don't know to answer your question probably a long time I don't think he does drugs or drink alcohol or even maybe wine once in a while. Like with a, yeah. with I was, a stick I was trying to make a no. joke. No, I know. I know. But I'm just all like, hey, I'm not trying to slander this dude. But uh, Jesus Christ, I forgot the fuck I was going to say about him. But uh, <laughs> you're supposed to say one time he asked me uh, what was heroin like. I was like, oh, no, no, no. We, we got no. God damn it. What the fuck were we just talking about? Was it evaluating jokes? Jesus Christ. About joke writing. Um. Ah, anyway, I had a brain fart, so fuck that. I'm going to fucking remember. I do that on purpose. I apologize. All right, next question. Okay. (laughs) You brick. 
at any rate, yes, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm gonna start answering my guests like that. You fucking prick. Anyway, yeah, fucking prick. No, okay, no, okay. So this is another writing question. Um, how does writing on stage? Oh, this is a two-parter. How does writing on stage versus writing beforehand differ? And how do you write on stage and feel more in the moment? Uh, so it's different because when you write before you go up, you kind of have a guideline of what you're going to say or do. And then you can follow the guideline, which guidelines usually work. If you, you know, ever put together a vacuum and you follow it by the guideline, the vacuum will work. 90% 90% of the time, right? However, if you go up with not a guideline and you try to write on stage, you're in the moment. And this is where tape recording and video really does help because when you're in the moment, sometimes you forget what you said in the moment unless you have it recorded. I've never recorded or tape record my set because one, I find my voice very annoying. And two, I f- am so self-conscious about my weight that I can't watch myself. And that's just even when I do acting and stuff. So I think it's more dangerous to go up and write on stage, especially if you don't know how the crowd is, but I also think it's more risky. And I think risky, especially right now, in this form of comedy is what people are looking for because there's comics you see go up stage where like Ian Bag, for example, I think he's great, but his crowd work is all written. He doesn't just go up in the moment, but he makes the audience think it's in the moment. Because it feels like, yeah, it's pre-written crowd work. I have shit like that, too. Like yeah. about like when somebody's heckling me or fucking talking over my set and I talk to them directly and I turn it sexual. And it's just and like it's podcasting. This is where podcasting is a huge tool in comedy where. I'm not going up a lot, but my podcast still makes me a strong comedian because if you interview people to make, what I'm trying to say is right now, technically, no one is listening to this. It's just you and me. However, (laughs) in a month, it could be 300 people. And then in four months, it could be 5,000 people. And then in five years, it could be a million people. So, uh, so it makes you a better comic and not just a comic, an artist and a writer uh, because you're learning tools on how to do this for when there is an audience. Yeah. So that's one of the things like, like I'm actually being dead sincere about it. I'm very proud of you that you're doing a podcast, which I have, I know I have been telling you, you should interview more people. You have. And actually I was just thinking about it in my head and, What's stopping me? And to be honest with you, man, uh, uh, like a premium OnlyFans subscription is the same amount as a Zoom subscription, which is $15 per month. And even though it's whatever, you, that, that's, it, that's, that's that's what it is. And I just it, need to. Hey, I look, need I, to- I, I understand money's tight right now. And if you ever need to borrow a Zoom account, I have no problem letting you borrow money. Dude, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Dude, you'll expedite my Zoomness. If you could fucking help me with that, but that's just like, dude. As long I've as been, you I, do it and take it serious, like this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, that's that's all I ever. I don't know if you. I don't I'm expect more than you to, honor uh, to help you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that, that that's like, oh man, it's like yeah, Victor and Keith have a touching moment. 
yeah. it's just, <laughs> and it's not even fucking for fakesy. God damn, dude. No, no, no. You want to know something though? I'd rather pay fifteen dollars a month to some major corporation, whatever, lose out on that money, than inconvenience you and put a strain on our friendship. That's something I it could just nip in the butt. Inconvenience me. You can well, never see that. That's the thing where I think you don't get because you do hit me up when you're down and all that stuff. You, you. It's very true. Yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Victor, I, I, I suffer from depression too, and here's the thing: you can never inconvenience me sometimes you might get me we're like oh god this is the same fucking story and it's just monday you know what i mean but at the same at the same time (laughs) at the same time i could never be mad or disappointed in you because like i said i know you i know your heart and i know i know you 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 suffer from demons too and uh the fact that you do comedy, that you you're you have the heart of you just really want to make people laugh first. And sometimes, you know, when you say, oh, this gig doesn't pay, it disappoints me because I feel you 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 don't understand what you have. You know what I mean? I just I, I honest to God, that's like some entitlement bullshit I learned in the Bay, to yeah. be honest with you. And I think the motto just needs to change to just like, if I don't pay to do comedy, that's it. Is I've never paid to do comedy. I've never paid. There's nothing wrong with making. That's not what I said. There's nothing wrong with making money. So don't confuse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it's just sometimes with some gigs, I'm just like, dude, this shit's fucking sold out. This shit fucking used to pay this amount and now it doesn't. So what the fuck's up with that? It's not like I did less of a job or did less time or fucking had a weaker set than the time before when I've been having consistently good sets that I'm willing to fucking send anybody a copy about. But it's just not about like, oh, well, you know, did you do, you know, it's just like, because like, I'm not lying about my, I'm not misrepresenting this case, but anyway, no, um, uh, we, we got like about three minutes left and I want to value the last three minutes, um, with just, thanking you for doing this show because all these other questions are going to be like very, very long, (laughs) but no, we're going to have you back for sure. If you're willing to come back and do another episode in the future, um, we'll do another episode after Vicky. We'll continue. Oh, no, no, no. I got to take a taxi and go to a, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to laugh factory. Laugh factory. Dude. And then I got to do a clean set, but it's only two minutes. Hey, is proud Just don't do drugs. It's proud Samoan lesbian woman clean. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's no swear words in that. And then I'm gonna talk about drinking and substitute teaching and all that jazz. And like it's gonna be sick, man. And then like and then it says no notes, but I'm like, I'm gonna write on my hand. You can't take that away from me. You know? You're too good for notes. I'm talking about bringing notes on stage, pulling out of a, a, a phone, pulling out something where it's going to take my eye. You don't to... need it. Well, I mean, got I, it. Okay, I, I appreciate that enthusiasm, that positivity, because that's here, what I here, need right here's now. Here's a sample. Here's an example to help you with that. Write it before you go upstage on notes, mm-hmm. and just keep writing it on different, like front side, back side, fold it, and then when you're on stage, you'll have it memorized in your brain. Absolutely. But I also have this cheat where I could just write one word of the entire fucking joke and write a total of like eight 
And then like, it just looks you can't even see it. And right. so I'm just like, uh, even if no, because if I get nervous, like, I'm just like, Oh, uh, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, you want You wanted another impression before we go. <laughs> oh my God. I, I didn't know you were a mind reader, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So <laughs> this is my impression of, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and the Matrix. All right. Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves from the Matrix. Ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really hope that showed up because you're not making noise. And so for the viewers at home listening and uh, not on YouTube, uh, Keith did some uh, some act outs from martial art movies. At any rate, this is not culture appropriation at all. This is culture celebration. And uh, Keith, where can can the people at home find you? Keith Reza, social media, R-E-Z-A. Got a website, Instagram, Twitter. You can also subscribe, rate, and review to Apple Podcasts on Razor Riffs that has me and you on it. Yeah, and like Norm MacDonald and Bob Saget and like all these like humongous comedy names. I mean... besides Victor Pacheco, obviously, but um, Keith's giving me a lot of credit, but I love Keith a lot. He's a fucking funny dude. Listen to his podcast, Razor Riffs. It's a really great uh, program. Uh, I've had the pleasure to, to ride on it, to, 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 to co-host on it. To, I've had really good times on that show, and I look forward to any shows that I'm on in the future. So be on the lookout is, for those. This is my impression of a cowboy. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm trying to do the outro. What the fuck's wrong with this? Oh, right, right. Oh, no, this is beautiful. But this is authentic as fuck. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in for Poppycock Podcast. Come through. uh, Tell your friends. Share this episode. Let the people know. And uh, please support live stand-up comedy. Please support Razor Riffs Podcast. Please support Poppycock Podcast. And come to our shows. Check me out at HispanicTitanic.com. Uh, or all social media, Puro Papi Pacheco, P-U-R-O-P-A-P-I-P-A-C-H-E-C-O. A lot of P's. And so let's let's do this together. Love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.